some days I just want to have conversations with women like me or young girls like the one I used to be. Women who understand, hopefully the same way that I do in almost all the same ways, you know. Sometimes I feel the weight get heavier than I'm willing to handle. I would like a place to go. A place where even though my voice shakes, it's okay to speak without fear of being labeled a victim or being reduced to the pain as my identity. If you, like me, just want to know that you're not alone, then you've come to the right spot. Hi, my name is Tumishe, and you're welcome to the Leaning Us Girls podcast. Hi, welcome to another episode, and thank you for listening in again. I'm super grateful to be here, connecting with you beautiful, super amazing women. Grateful that you're here right now in this moment, listening to the sound of my voice, holding my hand, showing up here without having to leave the comfort of your homes. You're definitely on the list of things I'm grateful for today. All right, then let's get to it. Today, I'm going to be joined by someone whose passion, heart, and courage I really admire. And even though she and I met a few years ago while we were both volunteering to work with a bunch of kids that particular summer, we had no idea that our lives would be connected in the way that it does now. And you're going to find out real shortly. This reminds me about how connected we all are as women. How many, you know, despite how many our differences are, our experiences are really similar. And if sometimes we will just let go of the weight of shame that has been, you know, placed on us by society, which also sometimes hinders us from speaking up and denies us the power to just strengthen from one another. We would feel less alone, feel more seen, heard, and really, really begin to tap into, you know, the strength that comes from not having to walk the journey alone. And today, I'm just glad that, you know, we get to experience another one of those moments where each and every one of us see that truly we're not alone on this journey and that a lot of us are connected more than we even realize. My guest today has chosen not to be anonymous. Her name is Rit Guan. And Rit is a trained journalist. She's a broadcaster. She's a women and girls advocate as well as a TV and film producer. She's worked in television and radio, and she currently functions as a producer and a video editor. Today, we'll talk about our journey and um, what it's like, you know, what it's been like navigating life for her. Everything that, you know, she's picked up along the way, what she's learned. We're just going to be having honest conversations today, you know, about my guest experience, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we begin, I'd like to say that if at any point this gets too triggering for you, please do not hesitate to take a minute to hit the pause button and recenter yourself for as long as it takes. You're never alone. I'm sending you virtual hugs, written for you, and take as long as you need. If this gets too much at any point, please feel free to just step out of it and take all the time that you need. So, um, yeah, let's get to it. I read. Hi, Rit. Hi. Okay. How are you? I'm okay. How's it going? <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. Um, 
So before before we get to um before we get to start, I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this. I know that it can be easy. Yeah, I know that it can be easy to like, you know, just um decide to put yourself out there like this. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for coming on on, on the episode. Thank you for agreeing oh, to you're welcome. Yes. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Before we get to the real um serious and important stuff. So there's something that I decided to um do now to start the episode with. Okay. Yes, which is like you know, just like a chill question, just something to get us going okay. easy. So if you could if you could get a superpower, if there was one superpower that you could get, okay. who would it be? What would it be what would it be and why? Just one, why not three? <laughs> you get one. If um, you could get just get one, yeah. What would it be and why? Okay, um it would be between okay, let me just pick one. Yeah. It would be to read minds. Hmm, that's interesting. Why? Yes, I'm reading minds because it would make my life and the person's life a lot easier. Because right. I realize Also want to be visible, you said. Yes. Oh, okay. So I can enter spaces. I can enter spaces. I need to be. I do stuff there. Find out things. I need to find out without being seen. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of superpowers I want, but I'll yeah. Let me stick. Let me stick. Okay. Oh, okay. That's interesting, but also uh, understandable. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> As far as superpowers go, I, I, I think it's understandable. I mean, it's understandable. If if I were to pick a superpower, <laughs> I mean, I think, of course, I have I have quite a number of those on, on my list as well. I mean, I would want to have more than one too. But if I had to pick one very, very important one, I think it would be having the power to take pain away. Yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's because, I don't know, maybe I've felt a lot of it in my lifetime to just know that if if, if that was something that I could help anyone with, I would do it in a heartbeat, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. So, yeah, for me, that's it. But, but really, how are you feeling? Like, right now, in this moment, how are you feeling? Anxious. What? Anxious. I think, yeah. Amazing. I, I, I feel like 
So I think that we really are very, very similar, right? More yes. than more than we, we even know or more than we like to agree. Other than the fact that our experiences connect us, I feel like these things that happen when you're about to do something major and you just get super anxious, you yeah. get super, yeah, like it just feels like, you know, your your entire all the organs in your system are turning like you just yeah so as much as if you didn't feel that way yeah i feel i feel that way as well and if it i mean if it if it does help or if it makes any difference i i also like i've been anxious since yesterday knowing that we're going to have this conversation today and i think it's because i know how much it takes to be able to like have this particular conversation right so having it i find myself thinking oh wow i i i mean are we going to be okay i hope she's going to be okay i hope i'm going to be okay but i know that we will be and most importantly i know that this would also um be good because someone is listening to us and you know it will give them strength as well it will give them courage it will also make them feel seen and heard, which is the whole idea of this in the first place. It's yeah, supposed to be... This will do that as well. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that too. Um, I've already said it before, I'll say it again. Please, if at any point during this conversation it gets too triggering for you and you're listening, just take a minute and recenter yourself. You don't have to listen to it all at once. You don't even have to go back to it until you're ready to just take a minute. If you need to take a minute, if it gets too much, please just um, take a minute and recenter yourself. We love you. We're rooting for you. We're sending you virtual hugs and we know that you will be okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Reed, so let's do this. I think that, I think that we should just, um, I think I should just allow you start from the beginning. Mm, let's yeah. just rip the band <laughs> Yes, let's do that. But then, okay. yeah. But before we do that, I just know you don't have to call names if you don't want to. Oh, you don't have to. Not. Yeah, no names, no locations. I mean, this is more for us than it is about anybody else. So, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Of course. So, go for it when you're ready. Okay. Well, um, let me start first by saying thank you. I mean, like I said, um, offline. Too, yeah. Yeah. This is something that had been on my mind as well. So as soon as I saw you had started, it was it was even for me to jump on it. And um, okay, so uh, talking about experiences we've had and experiences we're having. Yeah. I feel it's it's continuous. Yeah, 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 when yeah. You say, yeah. When yeah. you see an abuse. Uh, evaluation, whatever form it is, lives with uh, the survival of the people. Yeah. I mean, I've been living testimony. We are living examples. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. What may be a few minutes or, uh, or a for someone? Or two for someone. It's a lifetime. It's, it's lifetime a lifetime for us. Yeah. Like us. Yes. yes. So it's something that, um, as much as I wanted to put at the backside of my life, as much as I wanted to. Um, give it no value. Yeah. It had a lot of impact on me. I'll put that down. Okay. 
And so my earliest, these are my earliest, uh, earliest uh, memory of um, what had happened to me. And what had happened until recently, I did not want to define it. Okay. So that was another thing because I, I felt like finding it as abuse, being abused as a child, yeah. you know, was going to put me in vulnerable state, which I already was. Was in, yeah. You know, so um, I think the first thing for me was to find it. I was abused as a child, sexually. Oh, wow. You know, just saying that it is liberating. Yeah. And a lot of people that know me might be to understand how I am, where I am. Yeah. By hearing this. Yeah. You know, so the earliest memory I have, and I do not remember what exactly happened, but the earliest memory I have of an abuse or some form of it or evaluation was, I think, about age six. Okay. Yes, it wasn't clear what had happened. I don't remember what had happened. But the clearest picture I have is of me standing in the doorway of um, a room and this um, family friend of ours who um, was like a close family friend at that time, I was that young. He was maybe preteen or a teenager at the time. Yeah. Um, was pulling up his trousers and walking out of the room. So that's the earliest memory I have of mm -hmm. that. I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened. And oh, I was wow. standing in that door with my shorts, because my mom used to dress us up a lot shorts or trousers going of course play outside in so my shorts were around my ankles and I was wearing a I think it was a blue or yellow t shirt. I can't remember when it was a bright colored t shirt. And that's the earliest memory I have. Oh, what wow. happened I I can't remember. And even this memory came back to me I think just recently around two thousand and twelve or twenty eleven. Okay. That's when this earliest memory came back to me. So it's not something I had even held on to until 2011-2012 the memory came back. And, you know, I had to even ask myself, am I imagining this or um, you know, is it a movie script I'm trying to come up with my head or something, you know, but that's the earliest memory. And then the next memory, um, I was a bit older. Let's give, let's see six or seven years after that. Okay, I so you so you were about 12, 12, 13? Yes, I was about, no, I was about 11, 12. 11, 12, time. okay. Yes. And I still do not remember what happened or how this started with this other person. But I just, I just remembered being in a situation with this person where I was either always fending this person off or trying to avoid being that this person was living with us at the time. Oh, wow. You know, so it was a lot difficult. And my house, um, my parents took in a lot of that At a point, we have 13 in the house, apart from my parents. Oh, wow, that's, a, that's a lot. Four, so yes, we're a family of four, but always were having people having a around it. And uh, of that number, the majority of us were adults. And I was one of the two youngest girls in the house at any time. So I had a younger sister. You know, so when these things started happening, I felt, oh, at a point I, I had to feel like a protective mood. I didn't want her to have to go through 
what, what you I were going, going through. through. So I didn't yeah. want to say anything to anybody. That was the thought I had that time as an 11, going on 12 years. Yes. But I mean, not to, not to cut you or anything. Why do you think? Why do you think um, you you did not tell anyone? Why do you think you you just decided to keep that to yourself? I think the, thinking about it now, the yeah. first thing was fear, and and in the beginning there were no threats from this person. There were no threats like oh. Into yourself, yeah. Yes, I was a very boisterous child. I was a tomboy growing up, and at a point, I think the switch went off, and my mom noticed that. And as a social worker, she tried her best to try to find out what it was, but I would always just, oh, that's nothing. I just want to be alone. I just, um, you know, I just don't want to play. I just don't want the people around. And she sensed there was something wrong, but she couldn't figure out. And I, I guess it was just that fear of acknowledging that something was happening to me. Yeah. That was the first. And then I felt, okay, by reporting this, I may be exposing my younger sister to something that was happening. It was just a, a childish, what's um, thinking about it now. But at that yes. time, which is which is totally understandable, really. Yeah. And, yeah. and I guess I now I understand. I, I understand why. A lot of victims and survivors do not come out. Yeah. At the time, society thinks they should. Come they out should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not in a headspace to begin to analyze nope. and think of oh, what <laughs> is society's feeling at this time. Yeah. I'm just thinking for me at that time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, and this is someone yeah. that lived with me, so. <sighs> You know, so, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sending you virtual hugs, Rich. I'm I'm so I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know talking about it was going to bring yes. back a lot of emotions. I know, I know. And I'm really, yeah. really, really sorry. I'm holding you right now in a hug, holding your hand. You're doing so well. Thank you. Thank but please take as long um, as you need. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, so um this continued from then um began to um, progress. So from touching on the mom, groping my chest, um, I started developing, um, I started puberty, and so it became more, um, he became more comfortable with what he was doing at the time, and probably because I wasn't saying anything, uh, maybe he saw it as an invitation to continue. And another thing for me was, at that young age, I kept asking myself, am I doing anything Yes. Am I doing anything? What am I doing that's yes. making this person? Yes. Yes. It's almost like you're constantly you know, so asking yourself, is there something yes. about me that makes it yes. you that know, makes that makes me a target or that says you can pray on this person? Yes. yes. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. I kept having that thought and each time I would be like, okay, 
when I see this person, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, yeah. I'm going to avoid them, and it didn't work. You know, so each time I would beat myself up until we failed again, when something else would happen. So it became my burden, it became my pain, and I guess that was another reason why I didn't share this with anyone, because I felt I must be the one doing something if I'm the only person that's experiencing this. You know, so yeah. um, it continued to the point where um, there was, um, and I, I can't remember exactly when um, it progressed um, um, what became a sexual experience for him. Yeah. But I knew it progressed. At that time, I was probably just three, yeah, about just three. And the one amazing part of all of this was um, there was. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for using very... I had to come to terms with calling exactly what it is. Uh, yes, yes, um, please. Because I, I, yes. I had to go through yeah. um, some form of therapy to get therapy to, to be able to I'm get at. yourself to that point, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, you know, so at, at when all of this were happening, there was no um, penetration per se when the sexual abuse was happening. So there was always... A whatever it was he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, of course, um, the um, part that got me upset a lot was that um, this person was not mindful of my feelings or how I was taking whatever it was that was, that he was doing. Yes. he was doing at the time. Yeah. So to him, you were just, you were just this thing. That, yeah, and, and yeah. I, I couldn't, you know, another thing for me was I couldn't understand this person is a family member. This person is someone that, oh, when there's, or when there are other people, he's so caring, he's so conscious, he's so, and then when I'm alone with this person, or when he corners me, it's like I'm an object. You know, there's just this look he has on his face. And yeah. as I'm saying it now, I can't. Just a you can see it, yeah. She has on his face, like, I need to get this done, and you know, you are just there, get this done with me. So, I couldn't marry this person with the person I knew outside of all of this abuse, you know, and continued like that up until it got to a point where you like, don't fight this thing, you know. So because like, it had become it had become so regular become, that it it it, it, had, it had become almost like it was your burden to carry and that it yeah, was just something someone, you needed to do. Yeah, it's someone that would spend the holiday with us. So imagine a long vacation of a whole month and you know, like every week at least once or twice he would have his way with me and you know, I would always have to come out and cook and then feed this person. And you know, so at that time, a lot of thoughts started coming in my head. I could poison this person. Yeah. You know, I got to that point where I would say, okay, I'm the one cooking, I'm feeding you, I could just poison you and you silent. You know, because I felt at that point, I and, and mind you, I was just maybe at this point. And I would think of things like that and I would myself again and oh 
you are committing a sin for what you do. You know, thinking of killing someone, and I couldn't go anywhere. And, and the surprising thing was that we go to church, yeah. and the kind of messages that, we that there, you would hear, like condemning messages. So yeah. there was nobody. I, I didn't want to talk to my mom because I just felt this would hurt her so much. Yeah, this was somebody she took in, somebody she loved and cared for, and. I, I didn't just want to hurt her. I was that protective of my mom. And then I couldn't go out to church and talk to anyone because there wasn't any condemning message that was being pronounced. There was no space for someone. I'd never heard of someone who had come out to speak. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Because I mean, so it's it's supposed point, to be it's supposed to be this really shameful, damaging thing that you're never yes. so, you're not supposed to admit to, you know, so because rather than it being the problem of the person who abused you, it's your problem. It it's it becomes yes. your burden. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, so at that point, I just felt who I was. You know, this was only happening to me. I didn't want to believe that other women would have gone through this, or other girls were going through this and would not come out. So I just felt. Let me just cover this thing and maybe it will make it better. Well, yeah. it, was, it was getting worse. worse. It wasn't getting any better. And then something else happened. And he stopped coming. Um, I think for a whole year or two, almost, he not come to our house again. And then um, another relative was um, a brother to a brother. His brother actually came and was staying with us. And then the same thing happened. Oh, my God. And so for me, it was like, oh, did that these people had had a conversation about me. And, that, and, and for, the first, for the first one, there was never a point, and I'm speaking up till today, there was never a point where there was an apology. Never a point where there was remorse. You know how um, perpetrators or violators come out and after everything, you start thinking, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Was, there was never a point. Yeah. Up until now, there's never been an apology. There's never a point where he ever came out to say, Oh, I'm sorry, was the devil who knew. But when um, the second person, that's his brother, um, that one too was not really. I don't want to excuse because I don't want to excuse anyone's behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. it, was, it was a one time when it happened once. I, was, I didn't have an expression. You know, so when he saw how broken I was about everything, I was just numb, sort of. Yes. Yeah. I was numb. Yeah, and I understand. understand. You know, so he got so, so guilty and said, I'm, nice. oh, I'm sorry, this will never happen again. I'm sorry, the devil took over me and everything and everything. And I didn't say anything. And he walked out and never came back. Never came back. I'm so sorry never came back. But then, this other one... I'm so sorry because... Uh, let me just put this out there. I'm so sorry, Reed, because I know I understand this feeling too well. I mean, for, for you at that age to have had to deal with all of this, yeah. I get it because I didn't get I mean, I, there were a lot of attempts for me growing up. Like I said in, you know, the episode, the very first episode that you listened to, um, like I said, there were a lot of attempts for me as a young girl growing up 
but they never were really like successful if you know what i mean so something always happened i either had to lock myself up in the room run to my mom it always didn't happen until i was a grown woman so my very first experience i i I mean my first i mean my first experience with abuse was as a grown woman and even at that it messed my life it messed me up it messed me up so much so bad i mean like we said earlier it's it's an ongoing journey it's something that you it's something that you are going to have to deal with for the rest of your life and it just makes me so sad that you've had to carry that for that long i'm so sorry i'm so sorry nobody deserves that nobody deserves that to carry that that weight because as an adult i carry it with me and i know what it does i know how it how it feels so to be a young going girl who who can't even put feelings to words who can't even you know really explain or understand what's going on with them or in their lives it must it must have been really terrible and i'm really sorry for that i'm really sorry about that Thank you, thank you. This means a lot to me. And you know, this stole my childhood. I have the opportunity of having the innocence of a childhood. It have that opportunity because someone took it away from me. I didn't have you know, that opportunity of making my own choices sexually. I didn't have that opportunity. Because someone wow. took it away from me. Wow. I didn't have that opportunity of having, um, and this affected me later on in life. Yeah. How I would, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still single now. And yeah. As much as I do not want to um, put the two things in the same sentence or put it in the same box, but yeah. somehow I know one. You know that they are tied. Yeah, you know that they are tied. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I have in the past I have gotten into relationships because I wanted to go from true. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to take back that yeah. power that was taken. Yeah. You know, so for yeah. the wrong reasons I had gotten into the what people now call entanglements. Yeah. You know, but yeah. It, it it really messes up a person's life. It really and does I mean, mess you up. I get I get so upset. It really does mess you up. I get so upset when I see people who do not have the slightest inkling. The slight, and I don't pray for anyone to yeah. But don't say anything if you don't have. If you don't have an idea of what it feels like. So I found out that, you know, sometimes is this thing that happens where people who haven't had the opportunity or the chance to live a day in your life and they don't know what it feels like to be you just feel like they get to, um, that they understand you. Yeah. And it can be really painful because, I mean, as someone who has come out to share a story, which is something that you know about me, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard all kinds of stuff. I've heard, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't have a compelling story. What were you doing mm-hmm. there? I mean, you hear all sorts of things. And it kind of makes you feel like, what are you going on about? What are you saying? As women, usually at the end of the day, if it's not strangers raping us, it's mostly people who we love, people who are in our a lives, people who we trust. We, a lot of times it's people we trust, people we know, people we trust, people we, you know, hold in high regard. And I feel like, 
I feel like, I mean, having this conversation with you, Reed, yeah. I feel like we should take some time and talk about purity culture and how it really does not help. And when I say it doesn't help, I mean, it doesn't help the feeling that we have after everything that's happened, especially for those of us who grew up religious. So purity culture, for, for anyone who is wondering, is the culture that a woman's virtue is attached to a body part. Her virginity, yeah. It's the culture that your virginity is, is, is a virtue and that that's what defines you, that's what makes you virtuous. It's why you hear people use retarded words like someone was defiled. You don't defile a person, just, yes. Yes, and these are conversations I that think I think that these are conversations that we need to have as women, and these are narratives that we need to take back and start to refuse and reject because I know that it plays a huge role in how we deal with the things that we that we've gone through as survivors. So usually, because you've been conditioned to think this way because of your religious background, right? Whether you think about it consciously or not, it plays a role, a huge role in how you feel about yourself going oh, forward. So you start to feel like this broken thing, this person who has lost virtue. People start to, you start to feel like people see you that way. You start to feel like people relate to you that way. What? I said you're like a pariah. Exactly. And exactly. You know. Yes. It's, it's part of what pushes a lot of women into um, circumstances they find themselves which they should not even be in. Be in in the first place. I know, yes, I know of people who have remained in, some people may not want to link it, but I know of people who have remained in abusive marriages. Marriages, because, yes. Because, yes, because the man accepted them in their broken In their broken state, state. exactly. Yes. Exactly. Also, he was doing them a favor. And for me, what over you, yes. And for me, the ridiculousness of it is that how is it even possible that we get to be the ones who are taught to, you know, hold on, be virtuous, hold on to your virginity, don't give it away because a guy is just going to take it and then drop you after. These are the subtle ways in which we are made to feel like we don't have control or agency over our own bodies. So as women, you find out that you start to see sex as a gift, something you give, not something that you engage in because you want to, right? So you yeah. feel like when you, when you, even when you have consens- consensual sex, right? Until you've really, really unlearned everything that you've been taught and you've come into your own and start to see yourself as a human being with agency over your own body it starts to affect everything because you feel like your virginity is not, your virtue as a person, as a human being, ca- should not and cannot be in a body part. That, absolute, mm. that doesn't even make any sense at it all. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any and sense. You know and I hate that. And I hate that we were told this over and over. I hate that we were, we were you know, comments like, you know, um, if, you, if you like, don't, don't behave yourself. They're just going to use you and dump you. I hate that those were the kind of things that as young girls we grew up hearing. Because these things, right? The truth is, we were hearing that. And the other gender, right? So young boys, we're not hearing it. Nobody teaches them to hold on to their virtue. Nobody teaches them to 
be responsible sexually, right? Yeah. And then in some way, they get to feel like they're entitled and when they, they can take whatever they want, whenever they want it. Yeah, you know, I've said this in the past. If really we're putting for that purity if really we're putting a price tag so to say or value on virginity yeah why is it only women exactly that are held in that yes why is it why is it a standard that only women are held to absolutely also held to that same standard yeah are we not all if you know because we're christians so let's use christianity now if the bible says a certain thing about Marital sex, I was that message of virtue not be to both. Men it should apply to all, yeah. It should apply it to should, all. It should apply to all. So, yeah, yeah. So the message gets mixed up, and then it feels as though permission is granted to one gender yes. to do whatever they want. They want, to yes. Do, you know, yes. So it, it messes up the message ahead of someone, even if you're not a survivor or a victim of any form of violence or abuse or. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever, even if you are not, yeah. you mess it all up in your head. In your head, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So let's let let's just you know go back to you know where we were before we just delved into the purity culture thing. So you were talking about how this has affected you know your adult relationships. I wanted us to talk more about that because there's probably someone listening to us, right, who is going through the exact same thing and wondering. Um, what what the you know what this is about, right? Someone who maybe yeah. doesn't have access to therapy, so they haven't like fully um, delved into the issues that they that they had to be confronted with, and they're just wondering what that is about. Like personally, for me, I know that I went through that old phase. Maybe I'm still going through that phase where, you know, like you said, I wanted to take my power back right yeah. i wanted to not feel like this broken person so i wanted i i would go out of my way and entangle myself and while you know that's in itself is not the problem i think it's the reason for doing it that's the issue right oh, so yes, it's yes, us responding yes. to something it's like something this this really terrible thing that has changed the course of your life has happened to you and you're trying yeah. to make sense of it right so you're trying to take your yeah. power back because you feel powerless you feel helpless and for me i think i was looking for something outside of myself i think that it was that feeling of brokenness in a way i mean now i think about it some days i still get that feeling but i'm saying that i understand it now that that act you know something that happened to me that i didn't you know that wasn't something that i brought upon myself as opposed to how you know our brain makes us feel you know it in your head that you didn't cause yes. this, that this person is yes. a terrible person, that what they did to you was wrong and you were not asking for it. But there's still a part of you that just, there's that voice that you can't shake that still tells you that maybe you were in the wrong place. Maybe you shouldn't have dropped that. Maybe you shouldn't have left your drink unattended. Maybe you shouldn't have worn your shots or whatever, you know, um, whatever maybe applies I to. Have been a child in the Thank you. Thank you. Or maybe there's something, there's a vibe that I'm giving that makes People think that, you know, this is, I'm the one asking for it. You know, there's, there's just so much that goes on in our heads. And I feel like it's that thing where it's as, after it's all done, you're trying to get control back. You're trying to now, you know, own your you're own. To press reset. Exactly. So you're and looking for anything and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, you know, talking about it affecting adult relationships, oh, it has. Yeah. It has, and it does. Yeah. You know, there are times when genuinely you find someone that likes you. Yeah. And you're weighing and you're measuring that person by a standard the person did not bring upon themselves. Yeah. You're measuring that person by a standard that's in your head. Yeah. Okay, is this person also coming to take advantage of me? Yeah. Is it and even in the subtle things? Yeah. And trust me, I I am a believer and all of this thing was happening while I was in fact at the highest point of my I was at the point where I was all, you know, that broken state where yeah. you felt, oh, you know, this is all of me. I'm giving all of me to God and to the things of God. Yeah. But then I still found out there was this part because there's something, and a lot of this happens in church that we do not position ourselves. Imagine, for example, Chibishi, you and I knew each other for a long time. Yep. We worked together on, on projects that we spent a lot of a time, lot of time together. together. Yes. But we never got comfortable enough, enough to, to, the to where, where we talked about these things. Yes. And I was going yes, to get I'm to I'm that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of my, my friends will also hear this because I don't think I've spoken about this to any of my friends. Yeah. Except maybe one. And you'll be surprised it is male friends that have opened up to. Yeah. Open up yeah. And their response was amazing. Why am I afraid of sharing with females? I don't know. That's I think truth. I really don't know. Yeah. So as far as but that I goes, that, I mean, I, I feel like sorry, sorry to cut you. Okay. Sorry to cut you. I I feel like when when it comes to I don't know I don't know about you, but I feel like when it comes to I mean because of what you said about you being free enough to share with. With, with your friends who were, were guys as opposed yeah. to sharing if it's your female friends so i was going to get to that so i feel like as women right there's yeah. this huge burden of shame that we've been saddled with for the longest time and it necessarily doesn't have to be verbal it's not like growing up every day they said shame on yeah. you shame on you shame on you it was just the subtle ways in which in which you were told to feel shame that you necessarily yes and i feel like you grow up you know thinking about all of those things and taking it in to the point that you start to feel like you can no longer be your true self sometimes because you are afraid that you're going to be looked at like you know this tainted thing or this person who is broken or damaged i also feel like because the other gender, right, which is men, are very, when it comes to the issue of responsibility and shame, it's not particularly a strong, it's not their strongest point. It's not something that they've had to, like, you know, be, <laughs> like, it's not something they've had to be conditioned with, right? Because think about it. Even as teenagers, right, they would remind you that you're the one who gets pregnant. So the shame is coming to you and not the person who... I mean, we we all know it takes two people. <laughs> we all know it, it takes two people, right? Even to have yes. consent, it takes two people to get to the point where you conceive. It still takes two people. But at the end of the day, one person only takes responsibility while the other person gets 
you know, the the worst that the other person gets is, you know, maybe a few minutes or a few days of being shouted on. Their life moves on. They don't stop yeah. school. You know, you're still the one that has to drop out of school. So I feel like these are like the all these sorts of ways in which, as women, we've been conditioned to actually see them like, because they don't see a lot of things as big deals because of how they were raised. I think you were more comfortable speaking to a guy because you thought that their nature necessarily doesn't take anything so seriously. And you didn't want anyone that would probably take it more serious than you wanted it to be taken. I mean, this is just me going out on a... I mean, honestly, honestly, now that you're explaining it, maybe I see it. But at the time, yeah, I just felt they were more genuine in their concern for me in the in the space I was at that time. But, but, do, you still, but do you still feel like you know, men are more genuine in their concern than women for you as a woman. I still feel so because majority of my friends that have stuck to me, yeah. that have stuck to me are yeah. male friends. Yeah. Majority of the people around my life right now yeah. are men that have stood for me. Yeah. Are men that are still standing for me. Yeah. And see, and, and, and I have nothing against female. In fact, I'm all for women empowerment and I love the women around me and I love the women that are giving me support. Yeah. But in, but in your experience, course, yeah, like your yes, personal experience, you've just had you've just had more more male support than yeah. More male support. And this is this is probably because you've opened more to, you've opened up more to your male friends than your female friends. Do you think do you think maybe, that that yeah? Maybe, maybe. Do you think that and yeah. I think also because they've given they've given the opportunity because they have also shared you understand? So it yes. was like, okay, they have also shared things in their life. Oh, okay. That okay. I felt this person trusts me. Okay, enough. okay, okay. You know, we've held hands with me. Okay. We've got prayed about things. Okay. And I felt, I, I didn't go in depth. In yeah. And, and the sharing I'm talking about was not acknowledging to them that, oh, I'm that this happened. Yeah. Victim, yeah. This happened to yeah. me. Yeah. It was yeah. at that level. Yeah. And even though up till now that they have details about what it was. Yeah. There was no judgment. There was all concern and care and all of that. Okay. Just from that one statement oh, okay. of acknowledging, okay. and it was liberating for me as well. Okay. You know, so as per as per relationship. You know, you know, you know that. Pattern. What? I said it, has, it affects thought pattern. Yeah. Whether we want to agree on it, it affects how you think about the opposite sex. It affects how you think about whatever will come out of that. You're also wondering what their reaction would be and if that would be, that would be a reaction that would sit well with you. Yeah. A lot of times I'll put a lot of because I just felt I didn't want to burden them with this baggage that I had to carry. I just yeah. felt it was my baggage that I had to unburden myself first. Yeah. I had to be free of it first. Yeah. Before I would say, okay, I can share this with someone and expect the person to yeah. accept it or not. Or not. You know, so all of that is, is a part of it. And then, you know, futuristic thinking as well. Yeah. You know, I want to think, is this going to affect me? Um, the future when I'm married, you know, it is something that I still get flashbacks. Yeah, each time I see a victim, and I'm not just saying this because we're saying this, but each time I see someone story out, it brings back my own. Story. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, that 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 happens a lot. Each time, yeah, and especially yeah. Now that we see a lot of young girls experiencing yeah sexual violence, yeah, one form of abuse or the other, yeah, brings back everything. And I'm imagining this is what I was. This is who I was. Yeah. I didn't get the the help at that time. Yeah. But thank God that the journey has been on. Yeah. And for the journey that we talk about, a lot of habits were developed, you know, from all of this. And yeah. I, I say this, you know, with all. I, I, at this point, I want to say I do not care how a lot of people that will see me going forward. Actually, no. Really None of that matters, to be honest. That. None of that matters. I think we, I think we have to come to a point where, and it takes us different. I mean, we, we, we would, we can only get there at our own pace. So, in case you are, you're listening to this. No pressure, no pressure at all. Yes, there's no pressure. You know, it's this is a journey. Yes, it's yes, it's taking, it's, it's taking exactly it's taking with this so long. You can take as much time as you feel like you need, but I feel no like timetable. there's no timetable at all. You can take as as long as you think you need. Absolutely, yes. And I feel like it's 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 also that thing where, but the moment you realize that you're ready. The moment you get to that point where you're oh, ready yes, to own it, I think the best thing to do will be to think about you. Think about you and think about you more than you think about, oh, what are people going to say? Are they going to, what are they going to do? How are they going to see me now? Because I know that these are things, these are the issues, right? These are some yeah. of the issues. You know what people will say, and and this this came up because you said you know you don't care now how people see you going forward. Honestly, the only thing that any reasonable person see will see is a strong, amazing woman who has decided yes, who has decided that this is who they were, right? This is what they have had to go through, and this is how. You know they've been able to push ahead despite everything that's happened to them. I don't think that anything other than that matters. To be honest, I don't think anything yeah, other than that forward, matters. I'm not, I'm not allowing the burden of shame on me yes, yes, and I think that as that's women, just, I think that as women survivors, we have to all get to that point. As a, as survivors generally, we have to get to that point where we no longer carry shame for another person's, you know, something that someone else did. You know. Where we no longer allow someone's exactly where we no longer allow someone's mess up. Yes, it will stay with you. Yes, it will stay with you. It's something that stays with you. We've already agreed that this is something that stays with you. To say that this is not something that will stay with you would be to be dishonest with yourself, to not be true to yourself. But we also know that healing is a constant, continuous journey that we're on. You know, some days. Some days it will feel like you haven't made any progress at all. You will sit with it. You would identify what you're feeling in order to know where you need to go, right? You sit with it. You identify what you're feeling. You pick up, place your crown back, adjust it, and, you know, be the be the queen that you are, yes. Knowing that, you know, this might have changed a lot of things about you, but it doesn't change your essence. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your core. Your virtue isn't tied to, you know, what someone else did or... The evil that another person, you know, did or anything that anybody else did to you. And also talking about adult relationships, I noticed that, you know, I wanted to just say that 
it's not just romantic relationships that it affects. It actually affects every single one of your relationships. It changes the way that you see the people around you. It changes your relationship with even your closest friends. I mean, speaking from my experience, I've had to like, you know, um, keep my friends at arm's length at a point because I was dealing and I felt like they wouldn't understand. And I felt like I was not going to be able to articulate how I was feeling or what I was going through with them without looking like I, I was, the pain was defining me. And as someone who naturally is always the one friend that everybody goes to, right? I unconsciously have this, you know, thing where I feel like I have to be strong for everybody else. For everybody, for everybody exactly else. I have to be strong for everybody else. I don't want to burden anyone. So yeah. I'm, I'm in this very dark hole for days. I'm going through this really tough time because, you know, for some reason... I'm just back at that place where everything is just dark, right? And I'm trying to crawl my, I mean, find my way out and crawl out of that space and find at least some light just to lighten up the place. And sometimes it takes days. And this is me being honest yeah. because I need to be honest with everyone who is listening and with myself. Sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it takes weeks. And, you know, I'm just going off and on, you know, the you most... Know, a lot of times we just talk in brief exactly exactly so i would smile when i need to smile i would say the right things but i was dying on the inside yes so i absolutely understand that this has affected a lot of things for me it's affected my work relationships it's affected my friendships you know you just find that you even at work you can't you can't you you have this wall see even with major decisions yes Yes, it affects your goals. Your... Absolutely. Yes, yes, because yeah, it affects yes, yes, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Yes. I mean, it took me until twenty fourteen be able to open up to my elder sister, and she was broken. I mean, she couldn't understand how all of this would have happened when the same house. Yeah. And she didn't know, and you know, she was more broken because I had to go through this alone. Yeah, and let's not forget that some, and let's not even forget that some people who are listening to us right now don't even have the support of family and friends, and that makes it even worse. So if you're out there and you're dealing with this, maybe you live in the same house as your abuser, you, you're dealing with stuff that you know you even the people that are the closest people to you cannot even support you. I just want to say that, you know, I'm reaching out to you right now and, you know, extending a virtual hug to you because I can imagine, I cannot even begin to imagine how you must feel because even despite the fact that I had the support of my family, everyone in my family would stay, they would, I mean, when my mom heard, like when I broke it to my mom, the first thing she did was hug me and, you know, she just kept reassuring and saying, I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. And I know that even despite all of that, right, the reaffirming, the love, the constant reminder that you're loved, that you're, that, you know, that someone sees you and hears you, it still does not take away the pain. Yeah. So I can imagine having to live in a space where. For the pain to be sort of lifted, yeah. you, the individual, has a lot of work to Absolutely. And which is the journey that we keep making reference to. Yeah. You have to consciously get yourself in a space where you know, okay, this is affecting this and this and this area of my life. Of my Acknowledging life, yes. it is a yes. first step. Yes. Acknowledging yes. it, then what, what should I begin 
to do. Yeah. And for me, it took a long time for me to acknowledge and then for me to make those steps. But I can honestly say that I'm a lot, I'm in a better state than what I was because my own abuse lasted for a few years. Yeah. So it was not a one-off. It wasn't a one-off. Yeah. It lasted a few years. It yeah. defined a lot of those A lot years of things. Yes. Looking back, those years, things that I should have done, done. as a growing teenager. Yeah. I didn't get to do because I was hiding in shame. I was avoiding yeah. being in public. Yeah. And then another thing that happened when all of that was going on was weight gain. I'm already on the plus side. And then I've always struggled with all of my, from my teen, even to my adult life. Yeah. That's something I've struggled with. So all of that, at a point, it spiraled. And yeah. a lot of people that you understand, a lot of times when my Spiral. Yeah. Probably I was either probably I was in a place where I couldn't come out of that you know, darkness that I was in. Yeah. And then my weight would spiral and I would come back to healthy weight and all. So all of this affects even our health. I can imagine. I can imagine. And of course people would you know, I don't know about you, but well, people will just see you and ah, see you. Exactly. I, I mean, the fat phobia, the fat phobia from people as yeah. well. So not only are you dealing with something really, really um, terrible yes. and tough on your mental health, people are also not extending grace in the way yes. that they approach you and say things to you. And I feel like you know, it's something that we should. It's something that should be said, even though it's not the actual aim of this particular podcast. But I think it's something that needs to be said that our bodies are not something that we need to that people should make fun of. Our bodies are not something that people feel like they need to consider ideal before they respect it. So I feel like when you as a fat phobic person see someone who is fat, plus size, whatever you want to call it, even though I think a body size is a body size, there's no ideal one. There's no ideal one because you can be skinny and be on, on be unhealthy. This idea that a fat person is unhealthy, I don't know where we got it from. I don't know where we got it from, but I think it needs to die really fast. And I feel like as 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 women, right? We need to understand, or as human beings generally, we need to understand that sometimes people are dealing with things outside of what we can even ever imagine or understand. So seeing someone and then thinking that you get a say on how they look physically, on how they appear because of... And I can't tell you how many times that has spiral i can imagine that and that's why i feel like this so needs to be addressed so yeah, so many times yes and i'm sure someone is listening to us it's it's all i mean people get all kinds i mean we react to these things in different ways right so you're having a depressive episode like you're in a very deep you're in a state of depression and you're adding weight and you're dealing with what you're dealing with and on top of that you still have to explain your yourself, yourself. And your body to people who have not had, had the chance to live a day in your life. So I feel like whatever body you have, skinny, big, again, I don't think there's an ideal body. I feel like, you know, a body does more than just look nice. A body is supposed yes. to house your organs. It's supposed to keep you safe. It's supposed to take you from point A to point B. That is the work of your body, right? And it's, of course, it's our duty to keep it healthy and keep it safe. But I feel like we need to, as people, go beyond just seeing people as fancy objects, as something that just looks nice. Because a body, body parts. yes, as just body parts. Because a body does more 
than just look appealing to you. That is not that it doesn't look appealing to you to, or to your I don't know it doesn't fit your aesthetic I don't even know what that means does not mean that it's not performing the functions of it, what a body should do right so I feel like if if we start to like extend grace to people or to ourselves I mean a simple thing as being even kind to yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. Mirror. In the mirror in the morning, with your folds, if you have them, on your way to getting rid of, on your on your way to getting rid of them, if you want to get rid of them, but loving the body that you are actually in now is very important to loving yourself, and self love for us is very key, because yes, yes, because self love for us is very key. You're already dealing with something where a voice is constantly reminding you sometimes that something is wrong with you to hate yourself on top of all of that is just such a disservice and this really terrible thing to do to yourself right so more than ever we need the self-kindness you need to be able to pat yourself on the back and be like yesterday was rough yes it feels like i haven't made any progress at all today but i love you you're doing okay you're doing good and I know it takes a, it takes a while to get there. Some days you will look in the mirror and you don't want to even look at what you are seeing. And it's not just about the body parts, right? It's just that you. No, it's not just about. Yeah, it's not just about even your body. Just generally, yes, you're just avoiding yourself because you don't want to confront. Like I said, um, on on one of the episodes, you know that. For me, it was it was months, months, you know, months of avoiding myself. I was in this constant state of denial where it was as if I would I had stepped out of myself, right? So there's this part of myself that I don't want to look at because I'm afraid of what I'll see when I look at it. I'm afraid I'll have to admit to myself that this really terrible thing had happened to me and I had to deal with it, right? And I had to process it. So I would go out in the morning and avoid, you know, it's as if you step out of yourself. You don't look at that part of yourself. When you're coming in, you avoid that part of yourself as well. Exactly. And then you go on and on and on just doing that. And you find out that you're you there's no place to go. You're never going to feel comfortable anywhere else anyway. This thing has already happened to you, and you're going to have to deal whichever way you can. But the option of not dealing is really no longer an option because even when you're not dealing, you're really dealing. You're just not acknowledging it. It's already affected you. It's already changed a lot of things. It's already, you know, it's already changed how you see, you know, your general outlook to life generally. Yeah, of course. Yes. I, I think another thing that we should even mention uh, yeah. is that as much as there are no, um, there, there may not be a space near you that you can talk to people. Yes. When you indeed open up or find an open space where you can talk to people and get just your expectations should not be oh this is going to happen by next week i'll be fine yes absolutely you your expectations might even be disappointed yeah true you know so just true. be just get ready that true. this you're doing is for you yeah you're doing this for you for you yes. yes what the outcome is yes what you get out of out it. of it yeah yeah you know, so something that you may go and be talking somewhere and, you know, I've had opportunities to talk to a lot of young women because of the, some of the work I do. Work, work you do, and yes. And it's heartbreaking, yes. It's heartbreaking to find out that um, um, a lot of young girls go through all of this. And some of them get to the point where, you know, they even um, open up to their parents and report. And all they are doing is, oh, 
is life. Such is life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had a young lady whom her uncle had been abusing for years, and she finally opened up to her parents and the dad because he was the dad's brother. The dad was like, "Oh, and they would talk to him. She should not worry. They would talk to him." And all they gave was, "Oh, does he verbal one?" And she said that you are touching her. Stop touching. You know, it's things like that. So a lot of times you may not get the response you're looking for. That you're looking for. You need to, you need to find. You need to, to find. Yes, out of, out of it. Yes. Yeah, it's it, just find a way to move ahead of, of what it. those people are saying at that time. Yes, just cut them some slack. They yes. don't understand, so that's why they they acting and behaving the way they are. Yes, absolutely. You know, I must really thank you again to Michelle for this um open space. It's really it's really done a lot, so it's really doing a lot. Thank for you so me, much. I'm, 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 thank like you. I'm said, grateful. Thank you for saying like that. I said, yeah, like I said, yeah. this is the first time I'm opening up publicly yeah like to a larger audience i'm opening up publicly about this happening and yeah. i know that it's going to um touch and impact a lot of people i'm hoping it does yes and i'm hoping it does as well whatever it comes out for other people i know that for me yeah i'm gaining a lot already out of it yeah i've reached another milestone in my own journey that i did not think i could you know i would always wow. see this uh, in my mind's eye that one day I'll get to the point where wow. I talk about this openly. I always used to have this at the back of my mind. Wow. I didn't know it was going to come this early. I thought it was something that would happen when I was all grey and bent over. You know, that was the idea I had in my head. I didn't know it was going to be this early. And then you know, now that there's a lot of talk about um, the Violence Against Persons Act, there are a lot of things coming out. We coming will get out, a lot yes. more people Yes. A lot more people. I'm hoping we we'll get a lot more people coming out to talk about this. About the and not just for the sake of talking about No, it. no. So this the yeah. whole idea of this, right? That's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing. So I, I found out that I mean, personally, I found out that there's something about there's something that happens to you when you've had to go through something this devastating. That's to now feel alone, to feel like you're alone on top of all of that, it's just not right. Yeah. It's just not right. It's just not right, which is the reason why, you know, I decided to start this as a support group of some sort. I know that not everybody, not everybody has the courage to even step up to their abuser or to even share their story or even to walk up to the nearest police station, even while, you know, not to talk about how crappy our justice system even is to begin mm. with. Because sometimes it just feels like justice is a myth here. Mm. Like you would you would you could come out, you could go and report, and you would not even get the outcome that you were expecting. And that in itself would would even, you know, be disappointing to you. But outside of all of that, outside of doing, you know, what you what the right thing is, which is to report and all of that. There's something that happens to you when you know that you're in a group of people who understand exactly how you feel, who you know that you don't have to talk, you don't have to dumb it down or try to reduce, yes. or you don't, or you don't have to try to reduce it just because you don't it's want to sound like it's down. too much. Yes, just you dumbing it down. Yeah, it's something that con unconsciously yeah. we get to do in society because. Okay, I'm trying to make you comfortable with what I'm saying. With what I'm sharing. I don't want to put too much on you. I don't want yes, to put too understand. much on you. So like, I also I don't, don't want, want to appear like, you know, this crybaby or this 
victim or this person who is now defined by pain. So I'm trying to be subtle about it. But if I know that there's a place where if I say something, someone understands exactly what I mean because they've been there or they've at least experienced a variation of it in some form, it just helps, right? So the whole idea of this is to unburden yourself, is to know that someone sees you, someone hears you, they get it. Someone gets exactly how you feel. It's also a way of you, you know, owning, I mean, taking back your power, talking through whatever stage that you're in right now. Because yeah. as Rita and I are having this conversation, we practically just moved a milestone. Like we might not realize it, but we've resolved something, right? We've resolved something in our minds that when it comes back up, we'll call it up. We'll call this conversation up. And it yes. will all make sense. And I feel like yes. that's the whole essence of this. And I cannot even begin to say how very, um, you know, um, grateful I am that you decided to do this because I know how hard this is. I know that this is one of the toughest things to do, like to put yourself out there like this, right? Yes. Especially when you're not even doing it anonymously. Even though, I mean, if you're listening and you want to do this, but you don't want to share your name that's also fine that's completely fine you can send me a dm oh, that's, fine. that's yes. fine you can send me a dm you can send me an email i mean we can do this anonymously if that's what you would like but thank you so much reads for choosing to do this oh, and for you. yes and for deciding to do it you know this way i know it, it can't be easy right you have people in your yes. life who have never had this side of you i mean who, oh, yes. who don't even have any idea about this part of you and yet i mean yes. here they are now hearing it from a podcast that is accessible to thousands of people and yes. maybe even millions of people. And I know that that must be hard. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, before we wrap it up, I just want us to quickly touch on the importance of friendship and community again for people who are listening. You know, um, yes, I, I just feel like are there any, I mean, you, you've already touched on the fact that, you know, your friends have been there for you, your friends who you have shared this with, but even people who you haven't shared this with, right? Yes, yes. Are there ways so in which, yes. So friendships are, are not overrated, like people want to think. There are roles that certain people play in your life, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. And like you just said, there are people who have shared this with, there are people that will just find out now. Yeah. And um, all of them have played certain roles in my life. Yeah. Even for understanding, you know, those times when I was not my best self, for them just sticking around and being able to talk to me. There yeah. are friends I have that will just call me up and say, see, I know there's something going on, but whatever yeah. it is, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, just yeah. those kind of words. Yeah. Some that yeah. do not even have words. Yeah. I have show up. Yeah, same. Same here. Yeah. You know, that will just show up. Show so you up. Don't even know they just they reassure you and let you know that they're just, here. Yeah, yeah. Just to know that yeah. They're yeah. So friendships yeah. are very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. When you find friends that do for you what you can do for them. Yeah. Meaning that you add value to their lives, they add value. Yeah. Not critics. At yeah. this point you do not need people. Secret yeah. And I'm not saying that making good criticism for for, for for something is wrong, but not concerning this. Not this, yeah, not this subject. Not not this not subject. Not this subject. Yeah, yeah. You don't need people to scrutinize your story. No. 
no absolutely to not absolutely not what checks out no 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 you don't not, yes what, you don't need those kind of people right now. You just need people that, even if they don't have anything to say for now, to just be there. Be there, yeah. Friendships yeah. are very important. They yeah. will carry you through tough times. If you have a supporting family, yeah, that is also very important. Yeah, yeah. You need to find a support group. Your own little support, even if it's one person, yeah, that you know this person is looking for. Me. Find that support. Group. Very yeah. important. Yeah. To keep you sane, it will yeah. keep you out of depression. Yeah. There are times when I had to tell myself who I have not depressed. You know, I just had to I didn't go for any test, but I knew what I knew what depression looked like. Yeah. I've seen it in other people yeah. and I knew I was in depression at that time. At that time. Somehow yeah. God just brought it out of me. You know, so we need people that will keep us sane. Yeah. And out of course that night. Yeah. Because there are people I've spoken to in this journey who have been suicidal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've spoken to people Absolutely. I don't know if today is the day to share this, but but I you was know, but I was at some point. So I mean, I didn't di- even know that. Yes. And this is something that I I mean, of course I'm still going to share in because of this because it's really important that someone out there of course who also still feels that way needs to know that they're not alone as well. But yeah, I'm 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 acknowledging that yeah, that's that's something that I can relate to because I was at some point too. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry you had. To, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm much better now. Um, the light. I mean, the light. I don't know. Somehow the light got in. So, yes, I'm 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 in a much better spot now, and I'm I mean I'm grateful. That's something I'm really grateful for, right? So um, so yeah, I I feel like before we wrap this up. While we're on yeah. the on the issue of friendships, right? I I also need to mention to anyone who is listening to me that you're in a very very vulnerable state. You are in a, you are in that place in your life where a lot of things don't make sense and 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 it's not adding up. So it's very easy for people to prey on you. And when I say oh, yes. prey, I don't yes. mean I mean people. It's very easy. It's very easy for you to um, misunderstand. Trust, yes, yeah. to trust. Yeah. So as much as you need people who are in your corner, also you need to be careful that you're not, you know, just trying to numb your pain by giving yourself up to the wrong people who are going to end up making you feel worse than you already feel. So while you're trying to put yourself out there, make friends, connect with people, make make you feel better, please um, realize that the state that your mind is in is a very vulnerable one. Yeah. And because of that, it's really easy. You find that you're doubling down on a lot of standards because somewhere in your head, again, unconsciously, because of conditioning, a lot of things don't make sense yet. You're still finding yourself recalibrating and unlearning certain things. Yeah. So because a part of you still feels like, you know, your worth has been drained in a way, it's very, very so easy. Yes, it's very, very right? easy. Exactly. It's very, very easy for you to, um, you know, just subject yourself to some form of treatment that is that 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 is not necessarily not good for you. I don't know how else to put this, but the, the thing that comes to my mind right now is that you're in this vulnerable state, right? You're in this vulnerable state. Your mind is, you know going off and on on you and sometimes you just you just need a bit of what's easy 
So a lot of things can appear easy, but they are necessarily not good for you in terms of friendships and relationships. I've had people, you know, you know, I've had people who I thought, oh, this is my friend or these people, I'm cool with these people. And then they would make a remark, a remark that would talk down on something that was really, yeah, that would talk down on my experience. Right. And then I would go back and feel small and then I would blame myself again. It's almost like you're putting yourself back in that spot where you're blaming yourself again. And you don't need more of that. You need less of that. So um, as much as you're surrounding yourself with people, surround yourself with the right people. And how do you know the right people? They are the ones who don't necessarily feel like they need to even weigh in on that particular experience. They are just there, right? They validate you. They remind you that they're there, that they are there to hold your hand. And they are constantly supportive. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Again, um, thank you so much, Reed, for doing this. I know that I'm still going to have Reed back on the show. I know that oh, we are yes, yes, I know yes. that we're still going to have conversations. I know that at some point we're going to maybe take questions and just talk to, you know, a particular set of people. But for anyone who is listening and feels the need to share something about what Reed and I said today, just you know, um stuck with you and it made you feel like you're ready to take that next step, which is to open up you want to do it anonymously reach out, yes reach out to me on social media as well. yes so i mean if if, if you want to reach out to her to if you want to talk media. yeah you can reach out to her but if you want to be on the podcast please send me an email the email um for the podcast is in the description box on the website and um you could send me a dm as well on social media that's also fine remember you don't have to do it until you're ready no pressure, but if you feel like you're going to do it, I'll be here, we'll hold each other's hand. This is as much for me as it is for you as well. And um, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for showing up. I mean, showing up to listen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Don't forget to keep your head up. Don't forget that I'm sending you virtual orgs. I see you. I hear you. You're going to be okay. Um, just before we wrap up, I decided that we're going to do something, you know. I mean, we've shared a lot of things today. So Rita and I are just going to go over what we are grateful for today in this moment. So I'll let Rita tell, tell okay. us what she's grateful for. And then I will say what I'm grateful for. And then I will challenge you to also think about something that you're grateful for. And yeah, that's it. So Rita. Okay. I'm grateful first for health. Okay. Uh, that in all of this pandemic yeah. and everything going on, I'm yeah. strong, I'm healthy, I was not down. Yeah. I'm also grateful for family and the love that my family has for me and I for them. Yeah. I'm grateful for great friends and opportunities. Okay. Yes, opportunities to be a blessing, opportunities to also receive help and blessing from people. Okay. And I'm grateful for Tunisia as well. Oh, yes. thank you. Thank I'm really you. grateful for you for taking this bold step and giving us a safe space. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rit. Okay, so I am grateful that in spite of everything that's happened, in spite of all the times that I've wanted to quit on myself, I'm grateful that, you know, the light has somehow started to find its way in. I'm grateful that... <laughs> As much as this is one of the toughest things that I've had to do in my adult life, I'm doing it anyway because of you guys, because, you know, it's important to me and it's important to, you know, where we go. And I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for you, Reed. I'm grateful that 
Oh, you're in a much better you. space. I'm grateful for your journey, how much you've, how far you've come. I'm grateful for, you know, the line that you just crossed again today. I'm grateful for everyone who is listening. So if you're listening to me, I'm grateful for you as well. Thank you all so much. So thank you guys thank for listening. Um, don't forget to keep rocking your glow, whatever shade it's in. See you on the next episode. Bye.